Hello and welcome to the live stream, multi-stream edition of the Running with the Herd podcast powered up by Herd Nation, a part of the Rivals Network. And we are here talking a little National Signing Day. My name is Aaron Coleman, host and producer of the Running with the Herd podcast. And I'm joined as always by my co-host, Josh Stowers. Josh, welcome to the podcast. How's it going, man? Hey, it's going well. Um, And it's been a little bit of a a slower time for uh, Marshall on the recruiting front in this uh, February signing period. We both remember the times where Marshall was in the uh, February signing period, and that was the exclusive time where uh, players signed their national letter of intent to play college football. But now when you have the December period as well as the February period, you have two different signing days. But – the herd did clean up on the recruiting front in February by signing four-star wide receiver Caleb Coombs, who was a recruit and was recruited by our current head coach, Mr. Charles Huff. Uh, before we get to the class at large and before we get to our special guest, Josh, um, what do you know a little bit about Caleb Coombs? I mean, obviously he's a guy that uh, comes in with a very high national ranking, 48th wide receiver in the country. And uh, he's one of those guys that could take the top off of a defense in Washington State. Um, the first thing about Caleb is he comes from a great program up there, um, St. John's College High School, I believe that's called. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. is, is a great program. I mean, they they turn kids out left and right. I mean, that's what you know. We we're talking on the website, I think yesterday, maybe earlier today. You know, Chris listed you know five or six kids that were like you know, P5, and I'm not talking like, you know, the the Vanderbilts of the world. I'm talking Alabama, LSU, USC. I mean, the the blue bloods of college football, you know, there's uh, there's been a number of kids coming out of that high school you know, to go into those type of programs, and, and Caleb's just another one of them. I mean, um, you know, I think if you watched the recruiting thing yesterday with Coach Chuck, you know, the first thing that he pointed out was Caleb's speed. Um which was kind of shocking to me. I mean, just watching his highlights. I mean, I mean, he runs well, but um, I don't think I realized he was as fast as what he is, to be honest. Um, you know, but like I said, just talking to listening to Coach Huff talk about it. I mean, you know, that's the he just kept preaching about how fast he was and how he would help. You know, you know, like you said, taking the top off the defense, helping the return game. You know, help on you know, kickoff and punt coverages and things like that. Just because, you know, like he said, speed kills. So, um, yeah, that's the thing that I think it seems like is going to stick out the most for him is just, you know, A, his speed, and B, the fact that he comes from a winning program, and, and hopefully he can, you know, roll up both of those things over into college football as well. Yeah, certainly. And when you have, uh, you know, that kind of speed, not only on defense or on offense, excuse me, but also on special teams, it bodes well for the herd because when you have – guys like Willie Johnson, you have uh, Talit Keaton, who are not only known for their prowess on offense, but also for their elite speed as well. When you add a guy like Caleb Coombs to the mix, it presents a lot of problems for defenses in terms of who do you defend? Do you defend Willie? Uh, Try to uh, prevent, uh, contain on uh, some of those end arounds and jet sweeps that they do with him. Uh, Same thing with Talit Keaton, you know, trying to prevent that uh, nine route from uh, happening, you know, the straight go route that Grant Wells throws when he throws the big deep ball. Uh, You know, obviously, it's one of those things where if you have a guy like Caleb Coombs in the mix, 
you know, it presents a lot of problems in terms of uh, defending players uh, on the field that can make a touchdown happen at any moment. Yeah, I mean, it just adds another weapon, you know, like you said. I mean, you know, Grant um, you know, spread the ball around pretty well this year, you know, so that just gives him another option, um, you know, uh, as it seems right now, you know, most of that, uh, you know, the wide receiver room is returning. Um, so, mm-hmm. I mean, that, that's, that's huge. Um, you know, that's just another year for him to you know, develop a relationship with each, each of them. And, you know, something that you know, we talked about a lot you know, early in the season. And, you know, I think you noticed it more as the season went on was just the value that Brock Thompson brought. You know, I mean, oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. You know, the, the chemistry that those two had together, you know, I mean, you could see it plain as day early on in the season. And, you know, as the season went on, once Brock was injured and, you know, I think you saw, you know, Grant come become less comfortable. Maybe I'm not real sure if that's what I would say, but you just saw, you saw it affect him. You know, let's just say it like that. So, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. Brock's, you know, return will be huge for Grant. And uh, you know, like I said, just adding another weapon like Caleb, it can, can only make things better. Yeah, certainly. And I mean, you know, when you uh, have Brock Thompson in place, who's a key possession receiver, who could also uh, make some moves after the catch. It's one of those things that as a quarterback, you can't help but, you know, welcome that back into the fold. And the guy that I think is a big wild card heading into 2021 and a guy that I enjoyed watching play is uh, Corey Gamage. And he had some big plays this year so far and he was a highly regarded recruit a few years ago out of a Delray Beach Florida so it's just one of those things where uh coach Huff has a lot of uh toys to play with as they say a lot of weapons in the in the arsenal a lot of tools in the toolbox as they say and um you know Caleb Coombs is definitely one of those guys so I think it's one of those deals where you take a look at that and you know it's it's pretty solid but when you oh, – I'm sorry, I was going to say real quick, uh, before you uh, take a look here at uh, some of the other positions that we recruited in the class of uh, 2021, you take a look at a linebacker, which last year – or two years ago, I should say, it really wasn't a position of strength. Let's just be honest. When you lose a starter eight minutes into the season, when you have guys uh, go down with injury, and you have uh, three starters – who are basically tasked with playing the whole 60 minutes, it not only hurts your depth, but also it it wears them out. And it's one of those deals where, you know, you just didn't have a whole lot at that position. But now fast forward to 2020, especially during this crazy pandemic year, you had guys like Eli Neal step up. You had, uh, of course, departed senior Tavante Beckett. But then you had some other uh, players step up in those uh, linebacker slots and really step their games up and uh, provide some big plays for the herd. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, like you said, Devontae was huge this year. I mean, obviously that guy was just a beast. Um, you know, Eli played great, you know, in his first, you know, real full year of, of playing Tom. You know, Abraham Beauplan was was great. And I, I think both of those guys will take a huge step forward again this year. Um you know, and in, in in terms of the recruiting class, you know, you you add a couple guys. You know, one guy that's obviously mature uh, in uh, Tyreek Bell, who's mm-hmm. uh, you know twenty four years old. I think is what he is already. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But the, you know, we'll get to him in a minute. And you know, you, you add Isaiah Finney too. Um, who, both guys, you know, kind of long, 
um, can run, which, you know, that's something that we've had here at Marshall, you know, linebackers that can run, run, run of the ball. And that's something we've had here for a long time now, but, um, you know, both of those guys, um, add, uh, you know, Isaiah, like I said, a younger guy, you know, may redshirt this year. We'll see how things play out, but, you know, Tyreek's mm-hmm. a guy that, you know, is going to come in and, and have a shot, you know, just like Bo plan, you know, last year at, at playing time immediately with, you know, with Devontae's, Devontae's departure. But, uh, you know, that guy's got his, his own story. You know, he's a former Marine. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You know, he's, I think he's, his goal was to be a, a def- maybe a defense attorney, some type of attorney. I can't remember, but I mean, like, you know, the, the level of maturity and just the, I think the leadership that, that guy's going to present in, in the locker room, I think maybe the biggest, you know, piece to, that he'll bring to the team this year. I mean, I, you know, how many, how many other teams in college football are going to have a 24 year old former Marine on their team? I mean, <laughs> I don't know. Not many. No, I mean, not many. (laughs) So, uh, and, and obviously I think when, you know, that guy walks into a room and starts talking, you know, telling the stories that he'll be able to speak of, you know, I I think that instantly commands, you know, respect. I mean, if, if, uh, you know, if you don't respect a guy like that, then I, I don't know who you would respect to be honest. So, you know, like I said, I think those two things for him alone, you know, the leadership and, and maturity that it'll bring to the to the locker room are it probably invaluable, honestly. Yeah, it's one of those things that you really can't measure. And I know that uh, Tyreek would be one of those guys that would command respect just like Tavante Beckett did, if not more, because of uh, what he did in serving our country and that sort of thing. But just having his presence in the locker room with a bunch of 18 to 22-year-old young men is probably the more valuable thing in terms of just, you know, the part of making sure that they're accountable for their actions on and off the field, making sure that they're accountable uh, to each other in practice, and making sure that when they're getting ready for game day, they could look at that person in the eye and say, you know what, this person has my bag just like I have theirs, and win, lose, or draw, we're going to go into this thing swinging. And that's one of those things that I think Tyreek Bell will certainly bring to the roster. Uh, When you look at this whole um, recruiting class, though, um, there's um, lots of different pieces and parts here. And I know that we have an incoming starter in Grant Wells at quarterback. Uh, We had a young man, uh, Cameron Fancher, who uh, was recruited as a, a quarterback athlete prospect, somewhat similar to Xavier Gaines a few years ago. Um, just what have you seen from him? I mean, obviously his athleticism is off the charts. I remember uh, you shared that uh, video there on uh, Old Fairfield with him uh, dunking the ball in a basketball game. So you know that he has some uh, very unique athletic ability. But uh, what can you anticipate from Fancher in terms of his role? And what do you think he's going to bring to this team? I mean, obviously he's a guy that comes in, you know, he played in, in more of an, an option type offense in high school, similar to like you said, you know, Xavier did. But uh, I mean, his arm talent is undeniable. I mean, he gets the ball out quick. Um, you know, it it's got a little bit of zip on it when it comes out of his hand. I mean, you know, he's left-handed, so that adds a, kind of a different dimension in itself. Um, you know, uh, I guess off the top of my head, the last left-handed quarterback we had at Marshall was Mark Can, I think, 
possibly. I believe so. Yeah. Um, you know, so that, like I said, that, that adds a different dimension you know, in terms of, you know, your, your rollout plays and, and just different, different things. I mean, anything, you know, no offense to left-handed people, but it's just different there. I mean, you know, <laughs> I, I played yeah. baseball and, and I, I hated facing left-handed pitching, albeit that's supposedly, you know, the thing, but, uh, uh, you know, like you said, he's athletic. Um, he can, you know, he can get outside the block and he can run a little bit, a little bit like Grant. Um, uh, obviously, like you said, insanely athletic. I mean, dunk the basketball fairly easy on that drive. But, uh, you know, I think it's it's a situation for him where he's going to need a year or two at the college level to to slow things down and, and let, uh, you know, the mental side of the game catch up with his athletic side. So, um, you know, and he doesn't have to play right away. I mean, he's got Grant in front of him, which – is, is someone that obviously will have, you know, a couple, you know, two years under his belt at that point. So, you know, that'll be a good, someone to good, that, that will be able to mentor him, you know, you know, Luke Zaban, same situation. He will have mm-hmm. been in the program for a few years and, you know, same situation. I mean, you know, you know, Grant and Luke kind of feed off one another and I'm sure that Cam will do the same with them. So, uh, you know, that's a strong room, um, you know, just to touch base on, you know, next year's class, I kind of anticipate them to take, you know, no less than two quarterbacks in the in the 2022 class, just to uh, kind of get the depth back there that's mm-hmm. that's lacking at the moment. But um, you know, Cam, like I said, you know, Cam's an interesting prospect. I mean, he, you know, a lot of athleticism there. You know, it's just a matter of you know, you know, bringing him up to speed with with the other side of the game. Certainly, and I remember in talking to some of the guys uh, during the December live stream, multi-stream podcast, guys like uh, Ethan Payne and uh, John McConnell, two uh, local kids from uh, West Virginia. I mean, obviously, um, you know, McConnell's going to be uh, learning behind uh, Robert Lefevre, who's been one of our uh, consistent punters uh, over the years and a guy that uh, a lot of people um, look to as far as uh, flipping the field. And then Ethan Payne. We don't know what his uh, position is going to be at Marshall, whether it's running back or linebacker. But, I mean, it's it's good to have a little bit of a local flavor as well. Oh, no question, man. Um, you know, that's something Coach Huff and, and yesterday when he was announcing his staff, that, I mean, every one of those guys had, guys had a, you know, a portion of the, of the state. Um, <laughs> I didn't know West Virginia could be broke up to that many parts, but uh, – yeah. Yeah, it seemed like everybody had Central West Virginia or Northeast Central or Southwestern. I mean, it was all over the place. But, uh, you know, that's uh, he, he talked about the ring you know, when he was hired and, and how he wants to recruit. And obviously, you know, anywhere inside the state, even in the over in the panhandle, I mean, that still falls under that. So, uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, I look for uh, I look for the staff to, you know, really to really look at West Virginia as as much as they can, um, and and any kids that are, you know, I guess worthy of a scholarship or Division One material, I think that I think they're going to get a shot at Marshall, or Marshall's going to at least yeah you know, give them the option, I should say. But um, you know, with with Ethan and John, you know, you know John's already enrolled, um, which is always huge for an incoming freshman. You know, he'll go through mm-hmm. spring ball and and. Uh, you know, like you said, kind of be able to to feed off of Robert and uh, and, and you know set back and kind of learn from him and 
you know, with a new special teams coordinator and all that, I mean, that, you know, that's big in itself. So, um, and with Ethan, it's, um, you know, he won't be enrolled till, till this fall, but uh, I mean, he's got guys ahead of him. I mean, at running back. So, oh yeah, you know, it's not, it's not a situation where, you know, he needs to expect, um, I shouldn't say that he shouldn't. I mean, I think all kids need, should expect to come in and play, but, um, he won't have to come in immediately and play with, with guys like Sheldon Evans, Knowledge McDaniel, you know, Lawrence Papillon, you know, Rasheen Ali, and, and some of the other guys, you know, that uh, will be ahead of him. But uh, he kind of adds a different dimension, though. Um, you know, a lot of people have said that he's got that rock head, you know, kind, yeah. of, look, kind of look to him. And, uh-huh. and I, I don't think they're far from wrong. I mean, I know uh, I know the coaches that I have spoken to in, in regards to Ethan – you know, it's the toughness that he brings to that room is really what, you know, was really the biggest thing that drew them to, to recruiting him was just how tough he was. And, mm-hmm. and um, you know, he's he's more athletic than what, than what you would think. Um, you know, he plays basketball at Boca as well. And, you know, watching him you know, get up and down the court and, and rebound and so on and so forth. I mean, he, he moves pretty well. I mean, you know, he's more of a straight line guy. I mean, he's not going to make a lot of people miss, I don't think. But at, but at 215, 220 pounds, you don't have to make a lot of guys miss when you can, you know, run through them. So, uh, like I said, he 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 will add a different dimension to that room than uh, than what we've had. And and that's just before he even hits a college weight room program. I mean, that kid could be up to in a year's time. You know, I mean, he could be playing at 225, 230 pounds. So yeah, I mean, he would definitely, most certainly, look like Rock at that point. For sure. And uh, one of the young men who is going to be paving the way for running backs like Ethan Payne and so on and so forth is uh, Darian Derringer from uh, Kentucky, who's going to be joining us here in the podcast. Darian, hey. welcome to the podcast. How you doing, man? Good. How are you? Let's go good, ahead. good. Uh, first of all, Darian, uh, congratulations on uh, signing with uh, Marshall in the early period in December. Uh, what was it that drew you to Marshall University, and uh, what was it that really made you sign that letter of intent back in December? Uh, really, it was the tradition. I mean, I just love the tradition. Uh, every time I visited, I mean, it was just great. Uh, I got to really see and uh, the campus and uh, the community, too. Like, when I walked around campus, uh, there would be, like, people coming up from, t- from the town just talking, like, not even talking about football. They would just bring it up automatically and how much they loved it. I just thought that was really cool. Yeah, certainly. And uh, one of the things that stood out to me about uh, this year's team was the uh, offensive line and the brotherhood and the camaraderie that those guys had. Um, do you see any? Did you see any similarities between uh, Marshall's uh, offensive line and kind of the chemistry that they had? and the chemistry that you had on your high school team? Uh, yeah, I mean, it was really close. And, uh, like, my high school team, I mean, obviously the thing we value most is family. And, uh, you know, obviously watching Marshall play this year, I feel like that was a big part of uh, their program too. So, You know, Darian, I know you said, the other, I think yesterday, maybe you had already spoken to, uh, to Coach Huff, um, mm-hmm. you know, what was is his message to you in, in, in your first conversation with him? Uh, he uh, told us all, you know, uh, just he's going to keep in contact. And 
But uh, he told us that, you know, we're not, he, he's not really looking for, like, uh, us to be average or us to uh, win games. We're looking to win championships. You know, and we're also looking to compete in uh, any and everything we do. You know, for you, I mean, you're a big guy that can, uh, you know, based off your video, you know, a big guy that can move around the line of scrimmage really well. Um, what would you say, you know, as a defensive lineman, what would you say is your biggest asset? Uh, probably, honestly, my motor. Like, uh, just my work ethic and my motor, you know, never stopping, no matter, like, how tired you are, uh, how hard it is, you know, just giving 100% every play. Do you see yourself? I mean, obviously, there's a lot, a lot of room here, but uh, you know, do you see yourself more along the lines of playing on the interior or on on, on the edge, possibly, or a little bit of both? Uh, honestly, I think it could be both. You know, it just depends on, uh, you know, if I get up, gain a little what, gain a little weight and uh, speed, then honestly, I can play both too. But uh, it depends on really what a uh, coach street or uh, the coaches uh want me to do there. So wherever I'm really happy just to play. I got you. And uh, Darian, uh, the thing about it is, though, is that Marshall is not that uh, far away from your home in Kentucky. Um, just talk to me a little bit about um, just how um, the recruiting process kind of made you feel like it was your home away from home and that, you know, just the fact that, you know, because you are close to home, that your family and friends and others could uh, come see you play. That was probably one of the big factors in you deciding where to play your college ball. Yeah, I mean, it, it was. Uh, I have a granddad. He's uh, pretty sure he's 88, 87, 88. And, uh, you know, he, he really doesn't get out much. And uh, the, one of the only places he could really come see me play uh, that was actually the closest of one of my offers was Marshall. And so uh, he really wanted to watch me play. Uh, next year and so uh, and also like all my family and then a bunch of people in my community also wanted to come watch me play and Mar with Marshall being that close I mean it was just a great decision yeah it certainly was and uh, um, have you gotten a chance to um, talk to uh, any members of the new staff uh, obviously uh, coach Huff I know that you had alluded mm -hmm. to talking um, was there anybody else that um, reached out to you during the uh, process of uh, the new staff coming in and just uh, letting you know that, uh, you know, come uh, come spring, it'll be time and uh, fall camp, it'll be time to work? Yeah, uh, well, actually not yet. I mean, I talked to Coach Huff and uh, uh, he said that, you know, he's just bringing all the staff in and they're getting ready, you know, getting them all situated and said that they're really busy. But uh, he did say in about the next week or two, uh, we should be hearing from our position coaches. So, Darian, um, you know, I know, you know, we kind of have that group chat with um, on Twitter with you know some of the other guys that signed. Mm -hmm. um, have you have you had a chance to talk to you know very many of them? I mean, with with COVID and everything this year, I mean, I know yeah. that's pre presented a lot of issues there, but uh, it just with you know no visits and so on and so forth, but. I mean, outside of that, have you, have you talked to much, you know very many of those guys? Um, uh, not, I mean, not really. Not outside of that, no. Yeah, I, that's one thing I need to start doing though is uh, reaching out to guys and talking to them, introducing myself. You know, with, speaking of COVID, you know, this year was, was kind of different than than any other year of recruiting that I've ever you know been around or covered. But mm -hmm. uh, you know, with Marshall's class being you know so small, you know, because of that, you know. Um, 
I think it really speaks volumes to to what uh, you know the previous staff and and and, and Coach Huff as well. You know, sees in the type of player that you are. Um, just kind of talk about, um, you know, I guess how how you were able to deal with COVID this year. I mean, I'm not sure if you, how many how many games you guys got to play this year or anything like that. Uh, it just kind of talk about how COVID affected your, your senior year. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, I, honestly, it really sucked. Uh, this year, uh, my senior going into my senior year, uh, our head coach got fired, and then we hired a new head coach. And, uh, you know, we didn't get to practice till about, I want to say, two, maybe three weeks before our first game. And with the new head coach coming in, I mean, we only had three practices, and he's coming in with a whole entirely new, brand new system. And it's hard to learn all that and get prepared for that within uh, three weeks. So uh, our first couple of games were not uh, very good. But along the season, I mean, we got better. But, I mean, it really sucked, especially those uh, that first three or four weeks where it's just hard trying to cram everything. In. You know, something that you know, like this year's team, you know, with Marshall and obviously yourself, you know, the adversity there um, that, you know, that you have to deal with and kind of play through. I mean, I think, you know, long-term, honestly, I think that could only possibly make you better as a, as a player, you know, just, or just, you know, just in life in general, honestly, because, I mean, that's what happens. I mean, whether it be a game or whether it be life, you know, adversity is going to hit you. It's just a matter of how you deal with it. So, I, mean, I think long-term, I think that'll serve you well, honestly. Yeah, I think it was a really good experience. All right, Darian, one more quick one here before we let you go. Um, what kind of player do you think – Marshall is getting when they when they uh, get uh, Darian in camp in the fall. Uh, I asked all the recruits this, um, you know, kind of just to um, give that uh, give that evaluate that self evaluation. Like, what what do you think the uh, coaching staff and the fans are going to get when they when they see you play? I mean, honestly, it's just a hard worker, uh, great effort, and good attitude. I mean, that's. I feel like that's the things that's going to separate me a lot from anybody else is my work ethic and my attitude. Absolutely. Well, best of luck to you, Darian. Congratulations once again. We look forward to uh, speaking with you on down the road. Good luck in the Kelly Green and White, and we'll talk to you again soon. Thanks a lot, man. We appreciate it. Thank you guys for having me. Thanks, man. All right. That was uh, Darian uh, Derringer uh, joining us, a defensive line prospect from the Marshall Thundering Herd. And uh, we're going to stick with another uh, defensive uh, player here, and that is uh, Isaiah Finney uh, joining us here, uh, talking a little bit about his signing with the Marshall Thundering Herd. Isaiah, welcome to the podcast, sir. Hey, how you doing? How's it going, doing man? good. Doing good. Uh, first of all, Isaiah, congratulations on signing with Marshall University in December. And uh, you're welcome. And uh, just talk to me about the recruiting process, what it was like um, hearing from the folks up at Marshall and uh, just what was it that made it feel like this was the right fit for you? Um, Usually I have a hard time um, with decision making, but I don't know if everything just felt right to be real with you. And I, I'm spiritual, so I go with, you know, the feeling with how I feel within the heart. So everything just felt right. I didn't feel pressured. And my family, of course, you know, they was they was with me um, 
the whole way. Absolutely. Yeah, uh, Isaiah, this is Josh with her nation. Um, you know, I know Coach Huff has reached out to each of you guys. Um, just kind of talk about the conversation you had with him, um, you know, since his since he was hired. Um, we spoke a little bit on the Zoom call that we had recently. He, he seems like a very good dude. He he's um very knowledgeable. Um, he seems to know um what he's doing. You know. And I feel comfortable in his hands. Absolutely. And it's one of those things, Isaiah, where uh, taking a look at um, the Marshall defense from 2020, they were hard hitting. They were flying to the football. They were uh, doing a lot of things, taking the ball away, creating turnovers. Do you see yourself uh, being in that mold as a football player, just uh you know, just flying around, making plays happen. I mean, just uh, what do you think you could bring to the defense uh, in the years to come playing at Marshall? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I feel like um, I fit in that category perfectly. Um, I pretty much grew up around defense all my life, even before I started playing football. It just looks like almost an instinct. Almost. I don't know. We're, we're speaking football, so I'm sure you guys know what I'm um, speaking on. But um, it never felt it never felt like I had to, you know, make a harsh decision. This defense fits me so well, so perfect, and I I will bring you know nothing but but power to the table, straight up. Yeah, and uh, obviously, uh, growing up in uh, Hollywood, Florida, uh, football is uh, pro it pro it's probably a top five football state, you could say it's one, you know, to be honest with you, because of just so much talent that comes out of the state of Florida, especially uh, in the community near and around where you're from. Just how uh, was that grind of uh, playing against some of the best talent? Um, how did that get you prepared to make that leap into Division One football and possibly, um, you know, be recruited by a school such as Marshall? Actually, I was um, more raised in Miami, so I was okay. I was aware around that type of football. It, it's very different for me, you know, from my point of view, to see Broward football and Dade football. So I was in both categories. So I know I know football from any person's point of view, a beginner, from a beginner to a vet. So I, I was always able to move. Like I used, I started off playing. Um, I started off playing quarterback. Nobody knew that. Nobody knew I started off playing um, on offense. I converted to defense once I started um, seeing the ball differently, seeing the field differently. And at that point, I had um, both point of views, offense and defense. And I figured I might as well take take it, you know, advantage. And I just chose the defensive um, side. Isaiah, in your highlights, you know, you're, it seems like you were always up around the line of scrimmage, you know, playing off the edge or anything like that. Um, do, do you see yourself, you know, I guess maybe, you know, obviously a linebacker, but I mean, do you see any possibilities where you could probably play like defensive end too, like a rush end, like stand up type, you know, type defensive end? Yes, sir. Um, I actually started off as a rusher um, when I started playing football. It was after um, the quarterback. I started rushing 
they seen how fast I could get off the ball. And eventually they, you know, moved me around and I ended up outside linebacker. So they they just used me everywhere. I can put everywhere. I think that aggressive style, I mean, like your aggressive style kind of kind of meshes really well with what you know Marshall has wanted to do over the last couple of years. Um, you know, is is that something that is it a, like when when you step on the football field, the the switch just kind of flips for you, or are you are you aggressive by nature, or is that just a football thing? I believe I'm aggressive by nature, sir. Um, I don't I don't want to go off, you know, as that type of person, but I use it. Like I said, I use it to the um to my best. I use it. I, I love football. You know. Yes, certainly. Well, we certainly appreciate uh, the fact that you have joined us here this evening, Isaiah. Uh, congratulations once again, and best of luck to you uh, throughout your football career at Marshall, and hopefully we'll be uh, talking to you again here pretty soon. Yes, sir. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That was uh, Isaiah Finney, who had just joined us uh, talking a little uh, herd football and national signing day here with us. This is the Running with the Herd podcast powered up by Herd Nation, a part of the Rivals Network. I'm Aaron Coleman alongside Josh Stowers, and we talked to two members of the 2021 class, defensive uh, lineman Darian Derringer, as well as 2021 linebacker Isaiah Finney. Darian, of course, from uh, Kentucky, and Isaiah Finney, as you just heard, from Florida. If you have any questions or comments in regards to the 2021 class or anything as it relates to herd football, you can chime in. We are live streaming on both Facebook and Twitter at this time. And we have one question here from uh, Jack Charles Yeager. He says, he asks, have you heard if Huff is a fan of the three or four man front on defense? Uh, Josh, I'm going to pose that question to you. Uh, since you've had a couple of more uh, conversations with uh, Coach Huff, uh, do you know if he's more of a four-three or a three-four kind of a uh, kind of coach, or has that not been determined as of yet? Honestly, I'm not sure. Um, you know, they just officially announced the defensive coordinator, you know, Lance Guidry today. So uh, I, I'm sure that uh, I, I'm sure Coach Huff kind of has his own own tendencies. I'm sure you know, Coach Guidry will have his own tendencies, and they'll somehow mesh that you know, moving forward um, with college football anymore. Um, it, there's so much, you know, so much passing and, and throwing the ball downfield. I mean, you know, you see a lot of, you know, nickel sets, dime sets, and, um, you know, the four, three or three, four, whichever one it is, is it, it's just really a base defense. I mean, there's, there's so many, there's so much variety in how people play that now, um, you know, you know, the last couple of years, I mean, there have been situations where we've been on four or three, but it's almost been more of a nickel because, you know, we have, you know, like a DJ Hunter out there or, um, uh, you know, this year, I mean, there were, there were a lot of times when, when Abraham was, you know, outside the box. I mean, he was, you know, mm-hmm. out, guarding, yeah. out, out guarding a nickel. So interesting you know, position just, for him. Yeah. Um, I think that's just the fact that, you know, he's able to play in space and mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. and they wanted to, you know, be physical with those guys at the line of scrimmage, especially in the slot. But uh, right, right. to answer the question, I, I don't know. Um, I, I expect to see a, a number of different things, honestly, defensively, though, because, 
you know, they have so much experience on in, in on the defense, defensive side of the coaching uh, defensive coaching staff. Um, you know, you've got you know Coach Street, who was a defensive coordinator. Coach Guidry's been a defensive coordinator. Um, you know, Coach Bowman has had you know co-defensive coordinator. Um, there's just a, a lot of experience there. I'm sure they'll all bring their own you know thoughts and opinions to to that. But uh, I don't know. You know, I, I know you know at Alabama they play a lot of that three four type. Now they're able to recruit guys up front that are just men. Uh, now mm-hmm. I don't know if we'll be able to <laughs> duplicate that or not, but uh, I hope so. I mean, you know, Coach Huff himself only signed one guy. It was a four star, so uh, he set the bar pretty high for us. Yeah, so, he uh, certainly <laughs> did. He certainly did. And uh, you talk about that 2022 class. Now I know with given uh, what we're going to be seeing in terms of the numbers, the uh, attrition a little bit in terms of uh, guys uh, going from uh, not playing that uh, super senior year, as I call it, uh, you know, and possibly either transferring or uh, possibly uh, hanging up the the cleats and the shoulder pads for good in some cases. Uh, There wasn't a whole lot of uh, signees this year for 2021, but 2022 seems like uh, Coach Huff and the staff went on like a barnstorming tour, and they just uh, offered pretty much any – three or four star player within that ring, as he called it, you know, to try to see if they could come and play for the Marshall Thundering Herd. To me, it's refreshing to see that kind of aggressiveness because, you know, you never know what someone's going to say until you make the offer. I mean, the worst thing they could do is say no, right? But, I mean, when you look at just the way that they're going about this and who they're going after – it, it's it's very exciting if you're a herd fan. You know, for me, um, yeah, I was talking to a guy earlier today, and I kind of related it to the movie Ten Cup when you know Kevin Costner just uh, you know, he smokes three or four there in the water, and that fifth shot, uh, maybe it was more than that. Off the top, I can't remember. You know, he he drives the green, and that's kind of the way I, I feel like you know Coach Up and his staff have approached this so far. Is just you know they're going to go for it. You know, I'm not sure how it's going to play out. I mean, in the long run, I'm sure it'll play out just fine, but they're not going to not go for the green in, 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 in this aspect of things. Um, like you said, I mean, they've offered uh, two of the top five linebackers in the country already. You know, both of those guys were five stars, uh, a bevy of four stars, a ton of three stars, and, and like you said, this has all happened in like the last 48 hours almost. Right. Um, so, uh, yeah, they're not shy about it. Um, and he talked about it, you know, in the paper there the other day. I mean, you know, he mentioned, you know, wanting to get things, you know, hit the ground running and, and really get the ball, you know, going with the 2022 class. And like you said, um, with COVID this year, you know, the 21 class is just crazy, you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and we were, we were able to return, you know, so many guys, it seems like, you know, Almost the entire offensive line's coming back, you know, short of Josh Ball. Um, uh, the wide receivers, you know, it seems like Willie's coming back, Artie's coming back. Um, seems like in the tight end room, um, you know, Xavier's coming back. I mean, just a ton of guys are going to come back this year. So uh, it limited us what we could do in the 21 class. But uh, to uh, to counterbalance that in the 22 class, I mean, I think, I think you know, they're shot – 
we'll go out and sign a full 25, you know, maybe, maybe 30 or 35 when all things are said and done, you know, just because at this point, I'm afraid if we don't do things like that, you know, we're going to end up too top heavy and it's really going to mm-hmm. mess with the, uh, the depth chart. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I spoke on it earlier. I'm sure we'll go out and try to sign two quarterbacks. Um, I really feel like we're going to go out and try to sign probably six or seven offensive linemen. We might try to take another, you know, one or two JUCOs maybe, or one or two in the transfer portal, however that plays out. But I think mm-hmm. we'll try to take five high school offensive linemen, okay. um, you know, and, and, and just other positions, you know, it's just, I think the 22 class is going to be big and I think it's got a chance to be special because the enthusiasm that not only coach Huff, but I mean, like his assistants already are showing, you know, in, and in, um, in the pursuit of those players, I mean, that's, that stuff's infectious. I mean, you know, kids see that kids gravitate to that. Um, you know, kids want to play for guys like that. I mean, it just is what it is. I mean, I mean, my God, our fan base is you. And I mean this in a good way. You would almost think like we've never played football before with the way that they've reacted to coach up. I mean, like, you know, they're just, uh, people have just, uh, so far it's been, it's been amazing. I mean, the response. They've gotten on the train. <laughs> yeah, basically. Uh, they have the gotten on the train. They have gotten on that. They have purchased their ticket. They have gotten yeah. on the train and they are, uh, ready to uh, ride that train. That is for sure. And I hope, yeah. And I hope that uh, speaking of uh, purchasing tickets, I hope that a lot of you out there uh, will be purchasing your tickets to the Joan to see our herd play this year. I mean, obviously with everything going on in the world in terms of uh, COVID and everything, hopefully some of those restrictions will be uh, loosened up a little bit. We'll see how it all plays out, but Try to get out there as much as you can, support our guys and, uh, you know, support this new coaching staff. And uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens with it. And I'll tell you what, Josh, it'll be one heck of a live stream. If we end up signing 20, 25, 30 guys in the class, all 30 of them could get on here. Who knows? <laughs> Look like yeah. one of my classes. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, I mean, uh, I I think it'll be a big class. Um yeah, I just don't see any other way around it. Um, but, uh, you know, like you said, with the season, you know, who knows what will come up with COVID. I mean, hopefully that stuff's gone by then. I mean, I've, I'm so In the over, rear view. I'm so over it. That, Put uh, that thing in the rear view, I'm telling you. I mean, I have a feeling there there's going to be some celebrations being had by uh, – not only uh, yourself, but yours truly, and it's going to be uh, – It's going to be something. It's going to yeah, be I mean, something. I don't really think there'd be a better way to, to celebrate, you know, that being gone other than a, a sellout in, in the first home game. So, uh, yeah, the like first said, home game this year is uh, North Carolina Central, I believe. Yeah, I mean, there's no real, no real reason not to sell that game out. I mean, oh, yeah. Hey, you're going to see a lot of offense. You're going to see, uh, you're going to see all the guys play, I'm, I'm assuming. So, uh, one more quick one here, Josh, before we uh, sign off for the evening. Uh, which member of the 2021 class do you see making an instant impact on this year's 2021 team? Who do you see getting some early run in their herd careers? Uh, I'm taking Tyreek Bell okay. all, day, all day, every day. Um, like I said earlier, that guy's story, the leadership, the maturity, I think everything he provides, um, I think, think it'll permeate through the defensive side of the ball. I mean, besides all that, the guy's a heck of a ball player. I mean, you know, he was 
first team all conference and JUCO. Um, you know, Brad Hoyseth, who uh, who runs uh, the JUCO site for rivals. I mean, that mm-hmm. guy just he just raves about Bell and the type of player that he thinks he can be at Marshall. So, uh, but like I said, you take remove all that stuff away and just you know the things that he provides off the field or in the locker room. I think are are immeasurable. And uh, I, I think those things alone, I think he gets <laughs> – I think he makes the biggest impact. Like I said, whether it's on the field, off the field, in the locker room, however, all, all things considered, I think Tyreek Bell is, is no question that guy. Okay. Yeah, definitely. Um, I'm going to go with uh, Caleb Coombs for uh, my uh, impact player of 2021. I think he might not make an impact – uh, with the receiving core right away, but definitely on special teams, perhaps, you know, either as a gunner or as a return man, I definitely see him being one of those key contributors to the herd in that sort of fashion, because I mean, games can get swung in so many different directions via special teams. And it, it takes uh, somebody with that kind of athletic ability and speed to make an impact there. One more quick comment before we run Mike Howell chiming in on Facebook. I'm 49, no athletic ability, and have no eligibility, but I'd run through a wall for Coach Huff. Get on the train, ladies and gentlemen. The train is moving. It sounds like a lot of people are getting on the train. Special thanks to Darian Derringer as well as Isaiah Finney for joining us here this evening. If you missed this live stream, multi-stream podcast, it will be on our YouTube channel. Running with the Herd, you could also check it out on the Rivals Network, Herd Nation, on both Herd Nation and Old Fairfield, and you could check it out on all of our podcast platforms this weekend. For Josh Stowers, I'm Aaron Coleman saying so long. Have a good evening, and we'll talk to you next time.